you scrutinize my path and my lying down. And you are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there was a word, there is a word on my tongue. Behold, you know it all. That's what I was referring to earlier. He said, you have enclosed me behind and before. And laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge, David said, is too wonderful for me. It is too high, I cannot attain to it. That is, even I don't know myself that well. Where can I go from your spirit? If I ascend to heaven, verse 8, you are there. Verse 9, if I take the wings of the dawn, he said, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me. And your right hand will lay hold of me. He said, verse 12, even the darkness is not dark to you. So there's no way I can hide. Darkness and light are light to you. I'm jumping some lines to save time. You can notice that. Why? Verse 13. For you know me so well because, verse 13, you informed me in my mother's womb. You wove me, he said, you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful, he says, are your works. And my soul knows that very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance and your book, now notice that, and your book were all written. The days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. He said, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Let me stop in verse 17. Why did I read this? I wanted to bring out the fact that God knows us very well. Like we are saying earlier, I just used the opportunity to read the things I referred to earlier. And then to get down to that verse 16, when he said that God has a book for me. He said, in your book, the days of my life were written even before any one of the days had commenced. They were written. That's what David said. So we all have our general book. And then we all have this specific book that each person has. The goal, the aim of the life of every believer is to have everything written in that book manifested in our lives. There's something I should say again. God judges based upon the content of the books. We must never forget that. You know, the way God judges, it's a pity many people don't realize it. I told you before that, before we were wondering why God judged Saul so harshly. Whereas he did not judge David that harshly. Do you understand? He did a little bit of disobedience. Saul was rejected. David did a lot of other things. And they just, were just forgiving him. And they showed mercies of David. I will never you know, rebuke your offspring. Even when Israel, Israel sinned, God carved out a small kingdom. Say, because of my servant David. Ah. When I was a little boy, we were wondering what's going on. You know? Until we now realize that God said, there are things that are weighty with me. There are some things that are not weighty. He said, disobedience for me is like a sin of witchcraft. <laughs> David never heard me say something and directly went over against it. Another thing, if I bring a word of correction, David is the quickest to accept. Saul so will sit down there and say, no, I still did exactly what God said I should do. I'm going somewhere. The way God judges, many of us don't realize it. Let's just say these things again because sometimes you assume everybody understands something, but actually it's not like that. 
when people, you know, people still think, many people still think about it, the day of judgment, they just have this fixation in their minds, depending on who their man of God is. Please, no disrespect meant. These are just the most prominent people. That's why I mentioned their names, all right? I love them very much, all right? So they look at the pastor, Boy, he has a secure place in heaven. His reward is great. And you know, some people actually believe it. I have nothing against Pastor Yadeboy. He's a respect. I respect him. But what I'm saying is that you can't judge him either for good or for bad. You can just show respect and you keep quiet. I don't know why you're getting my point. You don't know whether he's doing what God told him to do. You can't tell. There's a man's book I was reading this afternoon. I read a particular point. All right? I closed the book and I threw it. I just tossed it to the back of the head of my bed. He said, name if I mention you, you'll be so impressed. It was in the story of his life. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't like this book. No, there are times you just imagine God asking you why. I said, because he's not telling the truth. I don't know him. Oh, boy, is in America. I'm in Nigeria. But I read a few pages. I said, Lord, this is not right. I just closed the book and I threw it away. I told myself, this is going to create more confusion if I to go by what I'm reading. I pray that God will just write upon his, the letters and let people ignore some things that are just inaccurate. I just said, Lord, this is not sincere talk. I said, there's a lot of spirituality in here. It's insincere. I'm going somewhere. So people look at it and say, you look at a man from afar. You don't know, oh my God. I told you before, there is a man, if I mention his name, you will be surprised. This Pi Elton I quoted now, he, may, he said, authoritative information, People were there. Said the day the man started his church, he, he walked out of the plan of God for his life. And when Pilate says some things, people who know him, they tremble. And he told the man as much. Large denomination today. Yet this man of God said, God, this was not what God raised this man for. So I was that you, look, why am I saying this? Let's talk about how God judges again. God does not judge how many hours you spent in church. He doesn't judge how much involved you are with church or a ministry. Coming from a pastor, it's funny because I should be encouraging people. But the fact is that it's not so. I will not use... Look, when I want to tell somebody something, I just say it. I don't use reward to encourage anybody. You know, we're making a joke the other day. We're here. We needed people to come and help sweep. Was it sweeping that day? Yes. We're just making a joke about it. That's okay, Muti and I and Israel and Bishop. We're just talking. We said that, ah, okay, Muti and I joke, say, ah, say, okay, because you're not serving this thing. He said, the way would they take down before? Eh? <laughs> you come and say, as you are sweeping this place, God will be sweeping problems out of your life. I said, no, be me go, go promise with God, no promise. I won't promise something he did not promise. I said, because as he's sweeping the problems out of their lives, he has to look for a place to keep it. <laughs> Lest a man offers himself as a dustbin. I don't want to. No, it's true. Uh-huh. It, it's true. I, just, I told him, I said, if I want to go to sweep, I will come and announce, brethren, please, come and be responsible. It's our thing. Let's sweep. I leave it there. As, as we are sweeping it, God will be sweeping problems out of your life. Go and ask where is this sweeping it into? By the time you reach out, there are all people's problems are in your doorsteps. He said, What are they doing here? He said, Why did you promise what I did not promise? 
<laughs> the Lord is good. I said, the Lord is good. Anyway, <laughs> if, me, if I want to say something, I just say straight. There are people that God will punish for bringing money to church because they are, they are, they are owing their, their, their the school fees. They never pay. But pastors think they are good people. Because I'm, I'm waiting for you. Read my book, How to Work for God. We are re- reprinting it now. And it's, it's in process now. The one causing the delay now. The first section, I explain to people that the work of God is inside you. If you don't do that inside one, anything you do outside is a waste of time. People came to him and said, we cast out demons in your name. He did not argue. We healed the sick in your name. He did not argue. We raised the dead in your name. These things worked. This man went and laid hands on the sick. In the name of Jesus, be healed. And the sick was healed. And Jesus said, cast them into outer darkness. They are doers of iniquity. I never knew them. He said, depart from me, I never knew you. What does that mean? Your personal works is what he judges, not those ministry works that you are doing. Take this message out to everybody. I hear this, this. Pastors of big churches who are sleeping with church members and they are not planning to repent. I hear, you know, I like, there was one I heard once. The person said, I won't tell you the name. There is a name you know well. Carry one church. Let me not, let me not, you know, let me not dirty your ears. Your ears are clean. I'm not praying, I'm just observing. No, we need to explain this. It's one of the things, I plan to teach that series again, how to work for God. It's one of the things I have planned, planned you know, Ecclesiastes, how to work for God, about three of them, okay, the gospel of prosperity, I want to look at it again. There are the three things I have planned. Let's see how God blesses, it, blesses them. I'm going to teach it again. Listen, people who, st- you see a lot, they still think that God favors me specially because I treat ministry and church things specially. Listen, I'm not taking anything away from it, though. Please, I am not. I am just saying that things must be put in proper place. Let me give an example. You work very hard in church. You come to make kingdom world ministries, you work very hard. On Sunday, you go to your church, you are there. Energy, you know, full of things. Sacrificially giving. Doing everything. Then you go back to your business place, you are owing everybody. You are a sinner. God does not recognize anything you are doing in that church. You are a shame to him. He said, I can't make you a deacon. You have a bad reputation outside. I don't care the amount of offerings you give me. You are a thief. You have stolen from Peter. You are now giving to Paul. And how do you, you think I care? If I were hungry, he said, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> you know, I'm not about something about Christianity. One place God does not check how you behave first is in church. Because he knows everybody will behave well in church. He knows. He's aware of it. As you walk in here, you will behave. You just feel the presence of God in your mind, but you are feeling it. It's in your mind, you know now. Because I just felt the presence of God as I entered that place. Listen. When church, fine. You go feel presence of God. 
Listen, so God doesn't come. People come, you know, they, they want to feel, you know, in the presence of God. Hallelujah, we worship him. God said, no problem. When I reach your house, let me see the worship that you do. When you enter the house, Nepal didn't bring light. Which kind of useless country are we living in right now? <laughs> there has been no power for the last four days. And they come to church. Oh, we worship. Say, shut up. You don't worship. When I want to check worship, I follow you home. There's no power. Do you say, Father, we thank you? You don't. But when you come to church, when they are put on generator, and I say, let's just worship him. Any worship you are not doing at home, you can't do it in church. That's what that thing you were saying on radio. Okay, Muti, it's so correct. That we are the ones that bring God to church. We don't come there to meet him. Because our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. The temples of the Holy Spirit. So when we come, we are coming with God. We are bringing parts of God with us. So one has a song. One has a hymn. Somebody comes with something. We all come together. We don't come to meet God. We bring God into our communion. If you are not a worshiper at home, church cannot make you a worshiper. Come, learn how to worship in church. Then make worship a habit. All the hands you raise up while they are singing songs. Listen, it is not, that is not worship. That is just an expression at that moment. Because the criminal there will raise hand too. Who no go raise hand? You want pastors to see that you, are, you want them to know you are editive? Because pastor was out looking and said, that guy never raises his hand. I'm sure he's the one stealing. <laughs> so, you will put up your hands. You will. The life of the believer, of course, starts at home. You make worship a habit. You worship at home. When, if all of us worshipped at home, and we now came to church to worship. You are getting my point? Let the man playing the keyboard play off key. We won't notice him. Let the choir leader have a, 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 what, a croaky voice. Maybe he didn't sleep well or has sore throat. We won't notice. Why? Because the worship is rising from our hearts. We brought it from home. Now think about it. If you were God, you will enjoy two hours worship, nothing else the rest of the week. Think about it. No, we worship every time. I'm talking about this because, you know, sometimes you think people understand these things, but Christians will be reminded. What we're talking about specifically is the issue of the books that were written. When God wants to judge also, that's actually where I'm going. Just using this as examples of things people should know. When God wants to judge also, the last days, or the last day, people think he has time to be judging I found you telling six lies. Gabriel, write it down. Six strokes. <laughs> then, ah, did you recall his eyes? His eyes was moving when those women were passing. Yes, write it down. <laughs> was he married that time? Say yes. Ah, it's worse. <laughs> write it again. <laughs> and then they will not be playing the video. So some people are afraid now that all the things I did in secret. Hey, one day all these people will see it. <laughs> They are wondering how do I cope for judgment day? Okay, but they come forward. Say, Gabriel, where's his own tape? <laughs> yeah, friends, what would they see? Like I always say jokingly, I said, God does not watch horror movies. He doesn't have time to be playing your life. 
pollute his heaven. Lie, lie. <laughs> Embarrass some angels. Ah! <laughs> he said, no. He said, leave that thing. He said, no, I, I forgive me that one. I forgive me that one. Write it up. Wipe that portion of the tape. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said, the Lord is good. How does he judge? We're going to get back to this things later. Let's quickly go to the book of Revelations, just for a second. How does he judge? Revelations chapter 20. Uh, let's, just, okay, let's go to 22. I just want to read this uh, from verse um, 11. Sorry, 20. 20. Chapter 20. It said, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great, and the small, standing before the throne. Revelation chapter 20, I'm in verse 12 now. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. Let's stop here. Like I said, I now, I now know where the Lord wants us to go next. So next time I'm going to start talking about how to work for God. I just know that's where we're supposed to go. And we'll, talk, we'll come back to Ecclesiastes later. So I'm going to repeat some of these things. What I, why I'm reading this is that you see, books were opened. There's a book of life. And then there are things written in books. In heaven they have books. We saw from that um, Psalm 139 that each person has a book that was written before you were born. Was that not clear? Before any one of my days, the days were written in this book. Then books are also written while your life is going on. We know that from the book of um, uh, Malachi and other portions. Where he explained that when they spoke one, often one to another, the Lord heard it. And a book of remembrance was written. So books are written all the time in heaven. Books are written, alright? So there are different kinds of books. Now, this is what I believe is the judgment of God. Especially for the believer. He compares the books written concerning the deeds which they did. And compares with that which he wrote concerning things, the good works he said they should have done. That is... You are judged according to how much you complied to the book of God written before you were born. You cannot write your own book and expect to be successful. Like I said, we have this idea of, let me run to church and go and work. I see that all the time. You know, last time we were coming back from Makodi, a policeman saw us closer back to town here. You know, Sunday, like, there are a lot of checkpoints on the road, all right? I don't know why, but a lot of checkpoints. So he got there. In the course of this, he said, if one of that, okay, we said we are coming from mission work and all of that, went to preach. He said, ah, that he is still in the police force now that uh, God has not yet called him. That when he drops his gun, retires from the force, he will now go and answer the call of God. Now, as far as he's concerned, there's a period in which we work for God. And he has not yet started that period in, in his life. And I said to him, I said, of course, you, you can imagine what I told him. That no, as you are standing here, you are a policeman for God. 
This is the assignment of God for your life for now. Make sure you police well as unto the Lord. You know, many people still have the idea that when I finish this police work, I will now go and settle down and do the work that God will use to judge me. I will now do the work that God will use to bless me. You know, there's this video that's very common. It's flying around on WhatsApp about Muhammad Ali. One interview he gave, when they said, what will you do when you retire from boxing? He said he will start preparing to meet his maker. And we were folding it around as if, oh, this man spoke wisdom. That's foolishness. You know, the truth is that it sounds like wisdom. As if, okay, the days I was boxing, my maker is not concerned. Now that I have retired from boxing, let's now get, start getting ready to meet him. The fact that's not that of course that is it was that he was a Muslim, so it's okay for Islam. But in Christianity, that doesn't work. That interview is part of your preparation for your maker. As you are going into the ring, you have gloves in your hand, you'll be asking the Lord, Am I supposed to turn a second chick? When this guy give me a blow, that is <laughs> no I, look as a believer, you have to settle whether it is right for you to be in that ring. You have to settle that one first. You have to settle whether blowing this man is good or bad. Can I blow this man as unto the Lord? If I can't. <laughs> if I cannot blow him as unto the Lord, I am not allowed to. You are getting what I'm going to explain here. That is Christianity. You sitting down there listening to me, even though you are not a preacher, you are as much a minister of God. Wherever you walk, as I am standing here, Preaching the gospel. Teaching the word of God. Why? This is my own job. It may not be your own. Many people have gone to ministry that God didn't send them into. We'll talk about that later. When they promote you to be pastor, don't even think. Listen. Of course, pastors that have sense don't promote people to become pastors. They identify the people who have a pastoral calling. Pastor is not a senior title. Are you getting my point? It's not a senior title. Pastor is not the senior title at all. It's a calling. It's like priest in Israel. It's a senior title. It's not. Joshua was not a priest. Was he? He was from the tribe of Judah. He was not a priest. The leadership in Israel at that time, go and check it. Moses was a Levite. Don't forget Aaron was his brother. Joshua was from Judah. He took over from Moses. A priest will now not come and say, hey, Joshua, come. Are you, are you an ordained priest? No. So you come and listen to those of us who are ordained priests. He will say, listen, my friend. Listen. Moses handed over to me according to the commandment of God. Your priesthood is your job. I, I don't know whether I get my point. There was a man, Bezalel, a skilled workman who was responsible for making the tabernacle. He was not a priest. He was not a warrior. His job was to... No, people still think about it. Go to church and say, I have not been promoted to pastor. They can't promote you to be pastor. Are you stupid? How can they promote you to become a pastor? Imagine working in a hospital. Just imagine it for a moment. We have accountants in the teaching hospital. There are plenty of them. No matter how well your accounting is, you will never become the chief surgeon. Nobody will now say, ah, this man has been doing accounting for a very long time. 
So today's is ordination into surgery. Every patient will go on. He said, in that hospital, everybody has gone mental. In the same manner, when you enter a church, the fact, the type, you know, we pastors have spoiled it. The title has now become a sign of loyalty. This guy came to the very, very lawyer, making pastor. Pastor is a calling. A boy can be born yesterday, got born again yesterday. Within a year, God will let him know that I have called him to the pastoral office. He's a small boy. Nobody will put him in charge of anything. But after a while, he can answer the title, pastor. It is not promotion. You don't promote people to it. You don't promote. We'll talk about that later. Let me just leave that matter here. Let me focus on the meantime I'm to say so we can close. Listen, this is the point I'm going to make, all right? Each person has a book. What your faith is for is that whatever God has written in my book must manifest in my life. Many, listen, oh God, we must get this point. Serving God is not a shortcut to what the world calls prosperity. Listen, what we do as believers is that whatever is written in my book, it must be manifested in my life. Number one, whatever is written in the book of God for everybody. I said, faith, we use it to activate promises. We read the scriptures. For example, we find out from there. Lack is not the will of God. Why? He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So all my life I've believed as an example that you see, a good Christian no, doesn't eat regularly. A good Christian, when I was in secondary school, who, you know, it's now I know I clearly wanted to serve God. Because the men who were teaching us, they were from those old holiness schools. This world is not my home. It's not like it's my own home, but it's just that the fact that this Kingdom World Ministries Hall here is not our home, does it mean that when you should come here, you should be suffering? You just be sweating anyhow. When God gives us money to air condition the place, we say, no, this, oh, this place is not our home. We're just passing through. So when I'm preaching, you can't hear me. I have to be raising my voice. Say, Pastor, by my speaker now, this place is not my home. And like I always say, the world may not be my home, but I'm not just passing through. I'm going to affect it while I'm there. If anybody has passed through it while I'm there, you must hear the gospel. I'm not just passing through. But you see, as a young guy then, we've, I remember our teacher who was teaching us that time, may the Lord bless him. Now ignorance, all of us too were ignorant. You shouldn't wear fine clothes. It was carnality. We were taught. It was as if the poorer you are, the holier you are. That's how we were taught. I remember my teacher bought a new pair of sandals that was identical to the former pair of sandals. Now, what struck me was the old one was torn. It was eating, it needed, you know, like we say, it needed, it needed alignment. In, thank you. The organizer needed to pad them area and then they take you for alignment. CVMS, the Juku will help you check. They shouldn't need alignment. The mountain bought a new. Of course, he refused to align it. So he was wearing the thing bent like that, cut. So we thought it was holiness. Then one day, Egbon went and bought a new pair. So we saw it, we said, ah, praise God, though. Oga has bought a new pair of shoes, except that, that was the only day we saw it. After that, he went to the old pair. And he carried a fat Bible about. And then one day, he said something that even me, his friend said something that I felt this is an embarrassment. 
He said he did not know who Idi Agbon was. The time Idi Agbon was thrown everybody in prison. He said that he's not concerned about the things of this world. You don't know who, so who have you been praying for? <laughs> this is our current head of state now. Was the head of state at that time Buhari, and his friend Idi Agbon, who has gone away from this earth now. He said he did not know who they who they were, who the other one. That's his friend was saying, and we glorified those things. But then I'm talking about what is written. We read the scriptures, and it's not like that. We found that there is a promise that if the Lord is your shepherd, you should not lack anything. So, the only reason why I disagree with him is simply because the Bible says the Lord delights in the prosperity of his servant. That word must become flesh in my life. That's what I'm saying. The only reason why I believe that it is important to God that I'm well and I'm not sick is because the Bible says clearly himself took my infirmity and my diseases and by his stripes I have been healed. It is not about desire. It is about there is a promise that has been written. Anything I do should get better, should improve. Why? Because it is written, be fruitful. Multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Are you seeing what I'm going to say here? Now, these are promises. By faith, I activate all of them. Let me give you this assignment again. Everything about your life, find a scripture that talks about it. The one that says in my mind is an example. You're a married man, you're a married woman, you have children in the house, or children are coming, whatever it is. There are many scriptures concerning children. Even if they tell you you have Zika virus. No, they call Zika virus. Some of you have not been reading the news. Those who have been reading the Zika virus, they say it makes children's heads small. And a child born with that size of head will be mentally subnormal. Guaranteed, medically speaking. The moment that child is born, find scriptures and read for the child. Don't, you know what most people do? They go and buy medical books... <laughs> On, on small-headed babies, how to cope with small-headed babies, who will not talk, who will not walk on time, who will not be able to count one to ten, how to manage those babies. And you see parents stack the books up and have read things like that. It's all vanity. You know we are talking about vanity at the beginning. At the, from the beginning to the end, they just confirm to you that your baby is not good. What you should do is carry the Bible because I've had all kinds of testimonies. All kinds of testimonies. I remember one that was listening to Kenneth Hagin teach. One of their relatives was born, that is, was, baby was seriously deformed. And they called and he told them that, oh, I have inside information. That tell them this is what God said. They woke up the next day, the baby was normal. He said to them, I have inside information. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, don't let the world take... Look, listen. Everything in life has a promise God has spoken. Remember what I said? By faith, what do we do? We activate promises. It's not about desire. Like I told you, one of the things I learned is about aging. I read the Bible. Since I was young, they said, as you're growing older, your eyes get weaker. Your muscles get tired. If you're a man, your prostate gets bigger. Your brain starts shrinking, you start forgetting. 
more than 15 years ago, I realized that it's not true. In my medical book, it's all correct, though. All correct. But I read the scriptures, and it's not true. The Bible says if you are old, you should be full of sap. What that means is that you remain green in Psalm 92. That's what he explained. He told us about Caleb to give us an example of what it is like. We now read Romans chapter 8, that the Spirit of Christ gives life to our mortal bodies. And we now also read that Isaiah said that in the kingdom of God, if you are walking in the kingdom of God, at the age of 100, if you die, they will think a young man just died. Do I feel like that? No. Is that what they teach me in medical school? No. You know what that means? It has to be what? Activated. That's it. How do I activate it? Remember our Tuesday prayer meetings? We take the rod of God and keep it up. So every day I wake up in the morning. If I feel tired, I will remind myself, say, this is your tiredness. It better be normal tiredness of somebody that works hard. But if you want to pretend like you are getting growing old, don't just deceive me. I don't believe you. Why? The Bible says this, this, and this. And we'll read that every day. For all the years you have learned the opposite, you must compensate. <laughs> are you getting my point? And declare this one. Listen, everything in life, material things, this wood, you know, he hears. I found from the Bible they hear, even the ones that are dead. They bear witness. The walls hear. The ones that even hear better are the ones that are living, like a tree. Your body hears. If you wake up every day and declare God's word to it, remember what we said. That's one of the revelations I think we should bear in mind. It took God how long to part the Red Sea? Let me hear it again. All night. The Red Sea didn't part in 30 seconds. You know the way you see it in film? Moses just did like this and phew, like zip. The Red Sea just opened like zip. No. The Bible says a wind arrived. And began to beat hard against the water. That wind beat for a whole night. What does that tell us? We take the rod of God and speak to our body regularly. You don't know how long it's going to take, but it's working. Life is working. It's a promise. Nobody is talking about um, what I like, what I don't like. No, it's just a promise. We start activating the promise. If, if things speak otherwise, we say, no, we refuse what you have said. This is what the word of God said. Last time I explained something. That a, the mark of a doer of the word or the hearing hearer is somebody who takes information from God's word. And who knows that answers are there. Why am I having a headache? It's in the Bible. All my answers are in the scripture. So I find it. So if my body is behaving differently, I say, no, you have to listen to this. If it's taking longer than it's suspected, I go and pray, say, God, what is the hindrance? But this word must be fulfilled in my life. There are things in life, even in ministry, when I'm praying sometimes. For what I have seen in ministry, that's supposed to be. What do I want to do with it? Ah, it's either you called us or you did not. Ah, like when I began in ministry, of course, my wife can testify. Um, 90% of the money we spent, we brought out of our family purse. But I prayed one prayer to God. I said, God is not good. I'm willing to do it. It's just not good. It's not right. I see preachers who do it. I mean, I don't, I don't like it. You go and gather money, gather money, work hard, sweat, 
gather money, sell, buy, do whatever you have to do, walk somewhere, gather the money I used to, then you used to run your ministry. I don't think it's good. If you like it like that, I, I never liked it like that. I read from the scriptures. That it said the Lord has sent me and his spirit. These are the people that funded the ministry of the Lord Jesus. He gave us things like that. I said, God, send financial laborers into the harvest field. I said, God, please, don't give me money. Now I, won't, I, won't, I don't want. Let's get this one clear. Don't give me money. That is okay. I will open a big business for you. Be making money. King Lord will be using to preach. I said, eh, that's not good. That's not scriptural. It's not in my Bible. I want to run ministry with offering. Let people say, I, I said, Lord, you know my reason? How else will I know I was called? And believe me, God fulfilled his word that the only reason I give out to kingdom work today is pure discipline. You know that discipline? That is okay. Ah, Pastor Banky, where's your own offering? That's all. I don't have to spend a cobble. I'm saying this to explain something. Is it because I wanted, I told the Lord straight, don't make me rich so that I'll be using my money to preach. I said, I don't like it though. Why? It's not in line with what I understand from the scriptures. Paul should sit down. Philippians should send him money. They should send him money. No, that's what the Bible says. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that will send laborers. And we pray that prayer. And believe me, the Lord confirmed it. What am I going to say? By faith, what do we do? We activate promises. It's not about us. It's not about what we desire. It's that one, if it's written in the book, I must experience it. My life must be an expression of it. If God says love is patient, are you getting my point? And the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart. Until patience is my second name, I will not rest. People think faith is only about let me get. No. If God says love is patient, love is kind, love, love is long-suffering. And he said the love of God is in my heart. Why am I so impatient? It becomes a prayer project. By faith, I am patient. In the name of Jesus, God says that faith, love is in my heart. And love is patient. So patience is my portion. It has nothing to do whether I like to be patient or not. I like what the Bishop Wedekbo said once. He said one day read in the Bible, he said he used to be a very angry person. Always angry. He said, now that the Bible says, anger lies in the bosom of fools. <laughs> anger lies in the bosom of fools. You notice something here? It was not about whether he wanted it or not. It was that he read in the Bible that anger lies in the bosom of fools. Listen, you know one of the things I like about my wife? Which is one reason I thank God very much that that's the wife I married. Once my wife finds like, that's a marriage matter, that is like this in the Bible, she wants it. I don't know what I'm saying. Once she finds out, oh, this is how the Bible says marriage should be. She wants it. That is why, if I, well, we are teaching everybody learns everything. Till now, every morning, almost every morning, let me say every morning, almost every morning, my wife will, stay, will kneel down beside the bed to say good morning. And I will stretch my hand and pronounce a blessing. She was not brought up like that. I was not brought up like that. We just read the Bible. It's not about, eh, look, it was done inside the house, not because of you. Why? Scripture. You hardly ever hear my wife call me, sweetie, honey, sugar, pepper, whatever it is. Tomato, tomato is the most precious 
It's a twisted. Now, not because it's wrong. I mean, I mean listen, listen. Go and read Ecclesiastes. Those words. So, you once in a while, I'm not saying it's, it's bad. But just because we read the Bible, and said the woman that was commended the most was Sarah. And she respected her husband so much, she called him Lord. Which, in today's words, I finally found out the word after I'd written my book, should I say it because I, before I understood it. That is like saying, sir. That's it. You go to the office, good morning, sir. They used to greet their kings, their masters, their bosses, my lord. As, as my lord pleases. It's still in English, classic English, you still see it, you understand? So, does it feel good to the body? Is it relevant? It's in the scripture. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. Don't make excuses for bad things. Stop explaining. You know, say my neck is always paining me in January. I know it's been like that for a long time. But that's not the word of God. If you discover something different, what do you do? You start fighting to make it yours. That's what I'm saying. It's fight. That's what faith is about. Faith is about my life must be the word manifested. That anything I find in the scriptures is not by struggle. If you use struggle, frustration, eh? Frustration will hang you. You get tired. It's by what? Words. You take the word, lift it up and say, this is the word of God about my life. One sister gave me a testimony once, which it impressed me. She was my friend in Luth. Well, she was a house officer when I was in my residency. So we lived in the same building. We used to go to church together sometimes. So we used to just a lot. After she finished her house job, she wanted to do primaries. I don't know how many of you know what they call primaries in medicine. Anyway, when you finish, when you graduate from school, the, for you to continue training postgraduates, first exam you do before you even admitted to any institution to train, it's called primaries. So there are two colleges in Nigeria that we participate in. There's a national college and there's the West African College. So when you are doing primaries, both of them have their primaries. This is how it works. Anyone you pass, okay, the other one will accept it for their own um, training. The only thing is that you have to go and pay the fee. Assuming the fee is 100,000 naira, you pass the National College. You want to enter the West African College for their training. You pay them the 100,000 naira fee, they will grant you an exemption based on the results you have from the National College. Now, she, so once she saw me, she told me she was praying for primaries, and we, we talked about it, and encouraged her, prayed with her, and everything. So one day we saw, how was your result? She said it was good. Now, she had paid for both colleges. So I said to her, that, are you going to take the other exam, or you apply for exemption? She said, I will apply for exemption. I said, why bother? You've already paid for the exams. So just take the other exam. You know, you pass it, you don't have to spend the other money again. She said, no, she will apply for exemption. And I was a bit concerned that, look, why do you want to waste money? You've already paid for this exam. Just go and take it. She now told me, look, Banky, let me tell you something. She said, when I entered school, I had a lot of problems. Now, listen to this. She said, I had a lot of problems academically. I used to fail my exams a lot. He said, then, I heard the word of faith. I began to understand success as a believer. He said, I activate now. Let me use my own words now. I activated those promises. And from that time till now, I don't fail exams anymore. He said, what happens is that I take every exam serious. I, I'm serious about each exam. I pray about it. I focus on it. She said, I don't have enough focus on this to take it. It will damage my faith. Leave it. I don't know what I get my point. 
He said, listen, I have maintained a clean record since that time. Since I learned the word of faith, he said, I don't feel exams anymore. Every exam I go for, I focus on it, I pray about it, I believe God concerning it, and I always pass. He said, I have always passed. So, so that's how I did this one. He said, this second one, because I've passed this other one, my mind has left it. He said, for that reason, I don't want to take this. He said, let me spend the money. I backed down. But I never forgot that testimony. Because she said, I discovered God's word. I said, no, it must apply to me in my academics. And she said, since then till now, that they were talking, I have not failed one exam. He said, let this one not be a temptation for me. What do we do with faith? We activate promises. It's not just to get up. Like I said before, the world thinks. Please, I know I've taken time, but I need to just finish explaining this. The world thinks. What did I say? The world thinks. Say it again. The Bible says the word of God is alive. It's active. What does that mean? It means if I read from the scriptures that if I'm old, I'll be full of sap. And I did not know that what I'm eating is not good for old age or for aging. The world knows. Let's just give an example. Assuming all, now I'm not saying so. I just took this oil because I know you won't be able to quote it later because you know it's so wrong. Are you getting my point? Uh-huh. Assuming palm oil is not good for people who are crossing the age of 35 to 45 and all about uh, that about. And every day I'm confessing the word of God that as I'm aging, my youth is being renewed. Just like it was done for Caleb. As I'm aging, I'm feeding on the manner of God. My strength is sustained. And the word says, this oil this guy is eating is not good. You know what the world will do? The word will go there and remove your appetite for oil. Next time you want to eat, you just say, I don't like oil. Tell my wife, look, say, baby, please, I don't like oil. Can you get me something that doesn't contain palm oil? I prefer vegetable oil. I prefer groundnut oil. The word forms a new desire inside you. There are things you react to. And the word said, no, this one, I don't want you to be eating it. If you just take it away. We want to be able to dissect for the word. I say, in the name of Jesus, ah, they, they, no, they, they, as I'm about to go inside here, they will show me favor. God said, you don't need favor there. As you are going inside there, what you need is hatred. The hatred, no, listen, that the hatred that they will show you there is the reason why you will succeed. If your brothers don't show you hatred, you won't arrive in Egypt. Are you getting what I'm explaining here? So as you are confessing the word of God, you just confess it generally. He surrounds his righteous with favor as with his shield. I'm not saying as I go inside there. I don't know what's going on inside there. I am surrounded with favor as with his shield. I declare that word every time. Listen to me. If you declare the word there, the husband that wants to marry you, when he sees your face, he won't even know why he's just thinking of you day and night. It will be the day you forgot your miracle. <laughs> Are you getting my point? I'm telling you the truth. The Bible says they looked to him and they were lightened. And their faces were no longer ashamed. Listen, the world knows how to make a man handsome. I'm telling you. That's what the world thinks. The world can arrange a visa and travel documents. It can do it if it's necessary. So when it closes the door, don't be angry. Somebody here, you will soon go for a visa interview and they will refuse. Oh, you expect for the opposite? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm trying to build your career for you in Christ. You are t- 
And you are so sure your documents will be correct. And you've on top of the paper. That day, they will put one wicked... I don't know why they use mostly women for those things. They will put one woman there that day. Everything is right. And women, don't, please don't be angry. And women have one thing in common. Until, they, they, until somebody teaches them the word. Then that's when they drop it. You all wake up in the morning sometimes. And just decide to be grouchy. My wife used to do it. All of you that are just married, you are noticing it. The way he's laughing, is he look at his laugh. <laughs> I mean, you slept joyfully, romantically, everything is good. And your wife wakes up in the morning and she's angry. And you start thinking, what did I say in my dreams? Did we quarrel inside the dream? My wife has stopped it. Amen. Amen. Godly women, they always lose that thing after a while. But the day you go for that interview, that's the girl that's waiting for you. <laughs> the woman who woke up, and for no reason, she's angry with Nigerian men that day. Where did you say you were going? Um, United States, you want to visit the country? Why? Oh, no, sorry, I, I don't believe you. I've given enough evidence that you're going to come back. Wow. <laughs> more you will look. I want to tell you ahead of time. Don't be afraid. It is the Lord. It's the Lord that possessed her. And said, oh girl, my guy is not going anywhere. That he might prosper in this land and flourish therein. That he might be a blessing to multitudes. That's what will happen to you. What am I saying? The world thinks. Take the word of God. Lift it over your head. Don't forget, if you have not been around... During our school of prayer series, the rod of God, please get the whole series. It's very important. You will see that if you keep God's word up, it will produce in your life. Let's bow our heads and give the Lord thanks. I've really taken a lot of time. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let's just say, Lord, we thank you. For there is something written about my life. Say, Lord, we thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you. There is something written about my life. Say, Lord, I thank you because of the thing that you've written about my life. I dedicate myself to it again, that every word will come to pass. Every word will come to pass. The aim of my life is so that the word will become flesh. The aim of my life is so that your word will become flesh in me. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. I just put up your two hands and say, Father, I thank you, Father, I thank you. because in Christ Jesus, because in Christ you have set me free, you have, set me. You have blessed me, you have, blessed you have given me your promises, you and they will come to pass in my life. Therefore, I declare to you, listen to this, goodness will follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. It's the promise of God. Mercy will be with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's his promise. The Bible says that he delights in the prosperity of his servants. So prosperity is with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I declare to you that no evil will befall you. Amen. And no plague will come near your dwelling place. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord is with you in your going out Amen. and in your coming in. Amen. He will protect you from trouble. Amen. He will protect you from trouble. Amen. Listen to this. No matter what the doctor said, I say to you, you will not die young. Amen. Listen, 
by the authority of the word of God. Every affliction in your body is destroyed. Amen. It's a promise. It's a word. It's a truth. He himself took your infirmities and your diseases. By his stripes, you have been healed. Amen. So I declare that you are healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't believe any dream. The dreams of God do only two things for you. They correct you or they show you the real plan of God. They don't scare you. God doesn't give dreams to scare people. His dreams will correct you if necessary. And it will show you what he wants you to do next. So you dream that you died. Everybody will die one day. I hope you get my point. But you will not die early. Amen. You will not die without every line. Every line of God's book will be fulfilled in your life first. Amen. You will see your children and your children's children. Amen. And the generation after that. Amen. And you are going to see them in perfect health. Amen. It's not as if you'll be lying down and say, Papa, say, oh, this is the new grandchild. Oh, let me see. Bring closer. I can't see clearly. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. You will stroll to the hospital to see your granddaughter delivering. He said, I heard you are delivering today. You will pray for her. It shall be well with you. And you will dash the newborn child 10 million naira. In the name of Jesus Christ. God will bless you because he has already blessed you. God will keep you because you are his child. God will watch over you because he loves you like the apple of his eyes. In the name of Jesus Christ. Please, if you are coming for the first time, you are not used to it. There's a way we share grace here. It's a very prophetic way of sharing the grace. Are you getting my point? It is. It's very prophetic. And like we said, listen to this. Every child of God is in a cult. And that cult is called the cult of Christ. Every cult has its incantations. And every juju has its don't do. Our own juju says, don't steal. Don't lie. Don't walk in sexual immorality. You know, keep your tongue pure. That's what our juju says. But it also has incantations. These are words that we declare to activate what God has said concerning us. Are you getting my point there? So we compose one of them into a small um, chant, which is what we're going to take as our grace. So if you are new, look into somebody's people on your left and your right, and then let's share the grace together. I want to go because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely we have passed out of death, and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives, we are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. 